Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining and wavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and today we are recording our last episode for season six. So this is our season finale, and I appreciate so much you carving out time of your busy schedule to be with me today. Uh, thank you for listening this season. Uh, this is episode 21 today, so we've spent quite a bit of time together going through the book of Nehemiah. And I do hope and pray that this has been an encouraging, uplifting study for you, because I know it has been for me. And uh, so appreciative of the book of Nehemiah and God's wisdom in preserving His Word for us, that we can go back to the Old Testament and we can learn and we can study and we can make application to our lives today, which, of course, is the overall purpose of the Old Testament, Romans fifteen four. Uh, which was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Jesus, Galatians 3.24. So so thankful for the Old Testament and for the lessons that we can learn, and specifically the book of Nehemiah in the context of weathering the storm. And as we've noticed in this study, he had a lot of storms that he had to face, but he was able to come through it because he stayed true to God, and God, of course, was with him. Today's episode, as we close out the book of Nehemiah, comes from a phrase that is found multiple times, but if you'll notice, it's the very last phrase in the book of Nehemiah. Remember me, O oh my God, for good. Great prayer, great statement uh, that Nehemiah makes, certainly one that we can make when we find ourselves going through a drought, when we find ourselves going through a, a spiritual storm, that we pray to God, remember me for good. Be with me and help me to get through this trial. And so as we study this, we want to close out Season 6, and at the very end, we will preview Season 7. So I hope you'll hope you'll stay on with me throughout this episode. And again, I thank you so much for listening this season and hope that this has been helpful for you. I want to say a word about the Scattered Abroad Network. You can uh, subscribe to our master feed. You can find all of our podcasts. You can find out more about us at scatterabroad.org. You can email us with any comments or concerns at scatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. You can also uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. And so we are incredibly grateful for the tools and the abilities and opportunities that God has blessed us with to be able to use this podcast as a platform to spread the gospel. And again, we, all of us at the network, want to thank you for listening and being so supportive and encouraging to us. So again, today we close out Weathering the Storm Season 6, Episode 21. Remember me, oh my God, for good. This phrase, as I mentioned, is found several times in the book of Nehemiah. It's found in Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse 19. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 14. We also read about it here in Nehemiah chapter 13. Uh, We can find it in verse 14. Remember me, oh my God. We can find it in verse 22, and here in verse 31, the very last verse of the book. You know, when you think about this statement uttered by Nehemiah, it's really a great testament to his faith and his dependence on God, because the book of Nehemiah begins and ends with prayer. You remember way back in Nehemiah chapter 1 that we studied several weeks ago when he found out about the walls. He went to God. That that was his first instinct. And we made the point that when we find ourselves going through a trial or going through a storm, 
that needs to be our first instinct as well. Not trying to blame someone else or not trying to fall apart, but but to go to God and pray for Him to be with you. For example, in Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God. He recognized God's power and God's ability. He prayed that he would hear the prayer of his servant when she was praying to him. And then in verse 8 of chapter 1, it says, Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses. So he he's, he's calling on God to remember what he has done. He's calling on God to remember him and to be with him as he's going through the trials that he was going to face. And of course, God was. And he was with Nehemiah all the way through. As Nehemiah was able to lead the successful rebuilding of the wall and also help people to rebuild their lives and to strengthen their faith in God. So a great leader Nehemiah was, great example for us. We want to break down this phrase, remember me, oh my God, for good. And I want to share with you three points here that jump out uh, when we think about this statement of what he is saying. First of all, we need to think about the fact that God doesn't forget. You know, he's not saying you need to remember because you've forgotten. No, God does not forget. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. So he doesn't forget. He's got the ability to understand where his child is, right? God has that amazing power and ability. He doesn't forget what you're going through. You're not alone. All right, and that's true for, for every child of God. But this word remember carries the idea of faithful love and timely intervention. Faithful love and timely intervention. When it says that God is remembering someone or something, it doesn't suggest that he's forgotten. It just means he's moving in that direction. And so when we first start thinking about this, let's focus on that word remember. When Nehemiah prays this to God, when he says, remember, number one, he is appealing to God's ability. He's appealing to God's ability. God's ability to intervene. God's ability to move toward the one who's going through something. When you think about the phrase, God remembered, it's a very powerful phrase. And you can go all through scripture and read about how God remembered certain individuals and certain things. For example, Bible says that God remembered Noah, Genesis 8.1. That's not to say that he forgot about Noah, but the idea is that he remembered faithful love and timely intervention. He intervened, didn't he? As Noah built the ark to the saving of his household, God was with him. God was with him all the way through the literal storm, the flood, and brought him through safely. The Bible says that God remembered Abraham, Genesis 19.29. You know, when Abraham's praying for Sodom and Gomorrah, it says that God remembered him. God knew who he was. He says, I've known him. I know exactly who he is. And he he didn't forget about him, but it's the idea that he moved toward him. Faithful love and timely intervention. The Bible says that God remembered Rachel. Genesis chapter 30 and verse 22. Remember, Rachel was barren. So when it says God remembered, it means God intervened. God was with her and helped her to conceive. Of course, and we mentioned this last episode and several times this season, that God remembered Joseph, Genesis 39. God remembered him and and was able to be with him and help him. It's not that God forgot him. It's not that Joseph was in the pit or in prison without God. No, God was with him, but he was able to intervene 
God remembered David. Psalm 25, verse 7. Remember, David would call out to God, remember me. Uh, or do not, And sometimes he said, do not remember uh, certain things. Don't, you know, don't hold the sins of my youth against me, for example. But the idea there is David is calling on God to intervene and to be there for him to get him to the trial. And so those are examples throughout Scripture of God remembering. So when Nehemiah says, remember me, oh my God, he's not implying that God has forgotten about him, but rather for God to be there with him and to remember, to to show his faithful love and his grace and mercy and to intervene and to help him to overcome. And so number one, Nehemiah appealed to God's ability. Number two, Nehemiah says, remember me. Here he pleads for God's mercy. He pleads for God's mercy. When he says, remember me, that's encouraging. Because, you know, if you're like me, you think about this sometimes. There's a lot of people in the world. There's a lot of people, billions of people in this world today. And yet, God knows the very hair on your head. He, he knows how many hairs you have on your head right now. Think about that for a moment. You know, we just got back from a mission trip to Panama, and there's individuals who were living in huts up in the, in the, in the jungle. God knows who that person is. God knows exactly how many hairs are on that individual's head all the way over there in another country. To me, that's just staggering, and that's amazing. And sometimes I wonder, you know, is God really concerned with, with me? He, he's, he's busy. You know, he's got so many other millions of people that he's tending to. But I've learned, don't limit God. God knows exactly who you are. He knows when you rise up. He knows when you lie down. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're about to think. Uh, Psalm 139 teaches us that. He knows what's on your mind, on your heart all the time. Uh, To the child of God, that's comforting. But to one who's not living according to God's will, that should be alarming. Uh, And changes need to be made. But when you think about this idea of pleading for God's mercy, you know, mercy is something we don't deserve. It's something that God gives from the kindness of his heart. But Nehemiah says, remember me. That's important. It's it's an individual response for God to remember you as an individual. You know, David would say in Psalm 8 and verse verse 4, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? In other words, who am I? Little old me in the grand scheme of things. God says, you're important to me. I formed you in the womb. I knew who you were. Uh, were. And so I find that just so powerful and so comforting. And Nehemiah, no doubt, did as well. Remember, intervene. Be there for me. Remember me, Nehemiah says, pleading for God's mercy. In Psalm 4, David says, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Uh, I will lie down in peace and sleep. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So David understood God is with him as an individual. And you and I need to remember that, especially when we're going through storms. God knows that you're going through that storm. He will remember you. He will be with you as an individual. I just find that so comforting and powerful. It also reminds us of John 14 and how personal it was when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come and again receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. So again, very personal and very powerful to consider that. So Nehemiah, when he says, remember me, O my God, he's appealing to God's ability and he's pleading for God's mercy. But number three, and finally, when he says, oh my God, he's acknowledging God's sovereignty. He's acknowledging God's sovereignty. He is acknowledging the fact that God has the power and the ability to help him. That God not only will remember him as an individual, but that God has the power to help him. Whatever storm may come his way, he can remember Nehemiah for good. He can help him to get through whatever trial may come. I've got a lot of favorite passages in the Bible. But the one that really jumps out to me is Ephesians 3.20. It says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, why not just say he can do more than you, th- more than you ask or think? I believe it's to emphasize the point that he can go above and beyond, not just what you ask in prayer, but what you're thinking. You can't, you can't outthink you, you can't go beyond the realm of where, where God is. You can't do it. He is able. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. There is great power then in prayer. And so Nehemiah is, is acknowledging God's sovereignty, God's ability to be over everything, every circumstance in your life. You know, the, the one that spoke this world into existence, the, word who, the one who spoke light, let there be light and there was light. Don't you think he can help you? Don't you think he can be there for you? You know, Jesus would remind these people of that. Matthew chapter 6, he says, listen, God takes care of the sparrows. There's not a sparrow that falls to the ground. He don't know about it. How, how much more value are you than the sparrows? You know, he, he takes care of all these flowers of the earth. Look at the detail and the beauty and how they're arrayed. And yet, you know, they're, they're cut down. They're mowed down and thrown into the fire. Don't you think he, he takes care of you? So here Nehemiah is appealing to God's ability. He's pleading for God's mercy. And he's acknowledging God's sovereignty. And when you and I go through the storms of life, we need to remember all three of these points. And I want to say them again. So we can remember them. When you are going through the storms of life, you're striving to weather the storm, like Nehemiah, appeal to God's ability, plead for God's mercy, and acknowledge God's sovereignty. Have faith, have trust that God will be with you and that he will help you. In Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, we're reminded that no matter what happens to us, no matter what we go through, the Lord himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, it says, If God be for us, who can be against us? Nehemiah believed wholeheartedly that God was with him. And so from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, he's praying to God, acknowledging his, his ability his sovereignty, appealing to his mercy for God to be with him. And you and I must do the same thing 
that we may be successful in weathering the storms of life. Well, that concludes our study of the book of Nehemiah. What a great, great book it is. And, and I encourage you to go back and, and reread it. Read it, study it, think about the implications. So many parallels, so many uh, powerful lessons and, and practical application we can make to our lives as we think about the importance of building and working together and trusting in God as we striving to build our lives and build our faith. And so, I, again, I'm thankful for the time I've had to, to read through the book, to study it with you, and, and to share some of these things that hopefully have been helpful. Uh, but as we conclude Season 6, as we conclude our study of Nehemiah, we we now want to preview where we're going next. In Weathering the Storm Season 7, Lord willing, our theme will be Weathering the Storm in the Home. Weathering the Storm in the Home. I want to take an approach here as as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as one who has four children, uh, one who faces a lot of challenges, and I want to be very transparent with everyone who listens. Uh, Some of the shortcomings that I have, some of the things that I'm trying to work on to be a better husband, to be a better father, to, to... be the spiritual leader that God would have me to be. And I know I fall short and I want to do better. So I'm hoping that by diving into this study that, that I'll be able to improve. That's my goal. But but certainly I, I hope you'll I hope you'll join me in that journey and that you'll be able to to improve as well. Whether you're a husband, a father, whether you're a wife, a mother, whether you're a a child that's striving to to do better to listen to your parents. Whatever the case may be, I hope that we can all learn something from the storms that come in the home. There are different trials that we face. Uh, there are different things that, that you know, that your spouse may be going through that, that you don't understand. And maybe you're going through something that they don't understand. Uh, as children, you're going through things that your parents don't understand. And a lot of times that, that can feel as if it's a storm or that is brewing. Sometimes there's the relationship is on the rocks. Sometimes you're you're not hearing your spouse out the way you should. Sometimes you don't feel like you're being heard. Uh, sometimes you're you're on your own, the tune to your own drum here, and and your spouse isn't. Uh, you're making decisions that you're you're not asking their help, and and a lot of tension, a lot of strife, sometimes even separation can occur, which can absolutely be a storm. Uh, the children are affected when there's a storm in the home. Uh, certainly the the nation around us, the community around us, when it breaks down in the home, it breaks down in the community. It breaks down in the country. And so the, the, the home is something that was established by God. It's an extremely important study. And so I feel like it is time for us to, to do that. Uh, it's going to be a challenging study, no doubt. But I do hope it will be helpful as we really peel back the curtain, as we really get into some things that are maybe deep, maybe some things that aren't brought up. But I want to, again, I want to be better, and I want to improve. And maybe you're listening and you think, you know, I need to do better as well in the home. And so next season, season seven, Weathering the Storm in the Home. I'm looking forward to that study with you. And I want to encourage and promote a book that we have here at the Equipment Church of Christ. And it was... Uh, brought out by the Jenkins Institute. 
they have some great, great uh, devotional studies. Uh, you may have heard of his word uh, or his life or my life, even the Christian life. But the, the newest one that they've come out with is called My Family. And this is a book of uh, devotions that you can lead with your own family at home. I'm going to be making mention of a lot of these uh, topics and some of the studies as we go through it in this podcast. So I want to encourage you between now and when Season 7 comes out to purchase a copy of this. It's it's not very much, and it'll be very worth uh, whatever you pay for it. You can, you can get a PDF copy as well and have it. So again, that's my family from the Jenkins Institute. And uh, I want to encourage you to get you a copy of that. Again, it will help us as we go through the book and study it together. But I believe this is going to be a very important topic, hopefully a helpful study uh, for you, for me, as we think about weathering the storm in the home to the glory of God. You know, as as a preacher, uh, as a minister, I also do some counseling, uh, especially with some of our members here. And, and it is amazing to think about what goes on in the home that, that we just don't see. You don't see it. You know, you see people come to service, you see people out in town, and they're smiling and they're happy. They go home, there's somebody else. Uh, you, you never know what's going on. And so, again, I hope that this next season, while it'll be challenging, while it might be hurtful at times, can really help us to to see where we are and see what we can do better to improve our situation at home, remembering that this is what God would have us to do. So again, we close out season six today, Weathering the Storm with Nehemiah. I thank you so much for listening uh, this whole season. I hope that the study has been helpful for you as it has been for me. And I'm excited, uh, looking forward to season seven, again, Weathering the Storm in the Home. I thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I thank you for uh, supporting Weathering the Storm, supporting Scattered Abroad Network. And uh, I'm extremely grateful to be able to do this. And uh, ultimately, I'm thankful to God for allowing me this opportunity. Thank you so much for listening, and may God richly bless you as you weather the storm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.